Okay, let's get started with Parshas Tazria. Just Tazria this year. Parshas Tazria, Tov Shin Ayin Aleph, and Parshas Achodesh. As we will uh, again, as usual, do spend most of our time on the Parsha and have one thought related to Parshas Achodesh at the at the end. They already got a couple of emails this, this week about the Haggadah Shir. The Haggadah Shir will be with the week before Pesach. Uh, we'll announce it the Parsha Shir before uh, when the Haggadah Shir will will be. Ezrat Hashem. Um, okay. So let's start with something at the end of the parsha, and then we'll work our way back to the beginning. All the way at the end of the parsha, we have a halacha that's probably one of the more well-known halachas in Hilchot Saraas, which takes place, takes most of the sedra. The Mefarshim point out that unlike most areas of halacha, where most of it is Torah Shabal Pek, not everything in Saraas is Torah Shabal We're just not familiar with it because we don't study the text. But Kimat all of Meseches Negaim, which is all about halachas of Saraas, is in the Psukim. You don't, have to, you don't have to learn the Gemara. To, there's no Gemara in the Gemara, right? Just learn the Psukim. Most of the text that we have is, uh, most of the halachas that we have is in the text. But if you look in Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Gimel, the halacha that we know tells us, there are different types of saras. The Kohen has to check them. Maybe he has to double check them. But the Pasuk says, Viraha Kohen, Vihine Kistat Saras as Kolbisaro. What happens if a person is totally covered with saras? I'm not going to translate it as leprosy, because um, many, my father included, has an article about this. I've pointed out that it's not really leprosy, what we call leprosy. It's a certain type of spiritual disease that existed at some point. But the Kohen, Allah is, if the entire body is covered with saras, v'tihar etzanega. Then tahar, then pure. Kulo hafach lavan taharhu. It is all turned white taharhu. So the question is obvious. seems like a chok. Out of all the halachas, if you have tzaras over 99% of your body, that's really bad and you're really tummy. And you have to wait till it gets removed. But if it's over all your body, so then, then you're tar. Right? It's, they compare this to the halacha of Bezdin, where it's 22 to 1, then you're chayim misa. But if it's 23 to 0, ah, you're pater. Pochon will yad, the Gemara says. So if you're totally, if it's totally covered, so two ideas related to this, to this halacha. One from the Shem and Atov, and one from the Chavetz Chayim. Says the Shemanatov in source number one. This is in the third volume of the Shemanatov. The Habir Lazanira, line two. Let me explain. De borrower, de call Inyan Tumas Saras, Hain Nige Gufo Bagadov, Obeso, Eno Inyan Tivi Klau. As we know, Saras is not anything natural. The natural, oh, person gets sick. It's not contagious. Where are the saras? What's the biggest, one of the biggest riots that is not contagious? Because we know by nigei batim, by saras of houses, what's the halacha? The Kohen says, you know, take everything out of your house before I declare it as a, as a bayis hamanukah. Because once I declare that everything is tummy. If we're worried about contamination, so you should leave everything in. And not let, every, and let anything out. No, take everything out first. And then just figure out whether it's, uh, whether it's saras or not. So it's not something natural. Kamashikazav haramban. Ela dezekaviyacho matanas Hashem leklal Yisrael. Tsaras is a gift. It's a red flag. It's a communication between God and man. Shelo yishayer eizenega shalchet kolashin hara v'sharchatoim shenegam b'amalim b'toch adam. Hashem doesn't want you us to stay sinners. He wants us to improve. He wants us to return to Him. And if you wouldn't do anything, so then we'd just be set in our ways. So instead, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us messages. And what are those messages? Messages of, you got some spots. Oh, what do these spots mean? He sends a Kohen, who's a teacher. 
It's jumps out so that we will fix our actions. And that is why That's why you don't have a doctor, but you have a Kohen. Because until the Kohen says it, he's not Tameh. But what, is a co- what does a person feel when the, Kohen, when the Kohen comes to him? The Kohen's teaching him. He's getting the message. He should be inspired by the Kohen. He gets the message from the Kohen. I better do tshuva. I better stop. Line 8. Aval kishakulo hafach lavan. But when he's totally covered, zemarish and ishtakea kol kach bechet. If he's totally covered, you know what happens? The Kohen comes to him and says, looks at him a little bit, and he just walks away. He doesn't say a word. You know what the message is? The guy should feel. The Mitzorah, the Mitzorah should feel. The Kohen's given up on me. The Kohen feels I have no hope. That's supposed to be an even deeper inspiration for the person. He's not even being mityaches to me. He's not even telling me what to do. And he's really lost. That's the message. If somebody's totally covered, he's totally a balashanar, he's totally what the other chatoyim that Saraz comes for. Line 10. Al Yedemash opposing a Kohen Shutar. The Kohen says, okay, you're Tar. He's basically saying you're a lost soul. You're a lost soul. I'm not going to tell you you're Tommy to go sit outside to do tshuva and badad yeshev. You're tar. Forget it. He's telling me I'm tar. I'm totally covered in spots. I'm covered in saras. What do you mean I'm, I'm fine? I'm good. It's like it's like a teacher saying, do whatever you want. You know, I have no hope for you anymore. Just do. Every other student in the class, I'll work with others. But if somebody is totally off, then then forget it. Just do whatever you want. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't deal. So he says, that's the message. That a person should feel that others are messiahs about him and that should really motivate. That itself should awaken in him to recognize and he needs medicines. He needs spiritual medicines. That's the message of totally, totally um, being covered. And he says that's even connected what Chazal say in Sanhedrin, Daf Zion, line 13. Ein ben David ba achetishape kolamalchus laminus. The ben David Mashiach is going to come when the whole malchus turn. Everybody turns to minus tapi karsus to heresy. And what do you learn that from? Kulo hafach lavan taharhu. Mashiach is going to come when we have terrible governments. Because kulo hafach What's the connection between kulo hafach lavan taharhu to taminus? Vahainu. No, that's exactly the point. When we give up to hope. When we're totally lost, when there's not nowhere else to turn, we realize, oh my goodness, we have no hope. We have to make sure, we have to make sure to do better. One idea, kulo hafach lavantarhu, because if the Kohen doesn't say it, but I know I'm covered with saras, it must be that he's given up hope on me and I have to do my best to try to get back. One idea. A second idea, it's similar but different. It says the Chafetz Chaim, there's only one Chafetz Chaim on the Torah in this week's parsha. And he talks about this halach. Kulu afach who source number two. He quotes Rashi. He quotes Rashi. He has the question. Rashi quotes the Chazal. And the question is, Baduok Kishu, Kulu afach lavantar hu. Avalain for Achare hisbonenus, Efshar, Lulamin mizeh, Arkama mitu eves, Lafneka Rishbarachu, Midas hagaifa. We see from this the, how, how disgusting, how mituav, what an abomination it is, the midah of gaiva, the midah of arrogance in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And he continues to discuss this a little bit, but let's just get to what's, what uh, is related to us. Go to line 14. What the Gemara says in Erechin, Shenagam, Boim, Alavon, Lashen, Harav, Ashrich, Hazdamim, Nagam comes, Saraz comes for various Averos. Vihine, next paragraph. Onesh HaMetzorah, Piresh HaKasub, Adad Yishem, Yichus LaMachaneh. It's the Onesh of a Mitzorah that he has to sit the farthest outside the camp and if anybody was Tomei, he can't sit with anybody else. It's supposed to lead him to do Tshuva. Virak, line 12, line 22, I'm sorry. If you have some spots on you, says the Chavetz Chaim, human nature to explain it away. Oh, I guess I have a rash. I guess there's. Oh, I didn't take enough. I didn't take a shower yesterday. It's dirt. I was there. I was there. It was moist. It was sweat. We can always explain things if we have spots on us. It's a rash. It'll go away. I'll put some cream on it. The mitzor can think to himself or herself. I can harden my heart, so to speak, if I just have spots on me. That's why I need the coin in those cases. The coin has to say, no, 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 it's not coincidence. That's not a mikra. It didn't just happen. This is a message from God. Like the Shem and the said, it's a matana me'ashem. You have to go out. You have to go sit out. You have to do tshuva. Because you're not going to think yourself that it's a message. So... We have to do, go through the motions in order to realize that we have to do tshuva. But, line 27, if somebody is totally covered with saras, imagine looking in the mirror and you have not one area of healthy skin. I'm going to think it's a mikra. Am I blind? You don't need the kohen in that case. It's obvious that the person is going to realize it. He feels terrible. He can't walk outside. He's embarrassed. So unlike the Shem who says the message is actively seeing the Kohen not be mityaches to me will make me depressed and realize I better do something better. Says the Chavetz Chaim, you don't need the Kohen to do anything here. Why? Because you look in the mirror. Somebody's totally covered from head to toe. What else could it be? This is not normal. It's obviously a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Adam shekazeh shalakach b'chol gufo. Shedalaka b'chol gufo. He's covered. Kvar lo yachshov ulai mikrehu. He won't think that it's just a coincidence. Wow, look at me. What a big rash. V'nichna lafrei HaKadosh Baruch Hu ba'osa hamida sh'achav melech Yisrael nichna. And he will ultimately do tshuva like Achav did. And that's kulo hafach lavan Taharhu. We don't need it. We don't need the Kohen in that case. Okay, that's all the way towards the end. Now let's go back to the beginning, as we usually go in order, but we wanted to start off with that. Back to the beginning of the Parsha. Hashem says to Moshe, Daber al-Bnei Yisrael le'mar. Ishakis azria v'yolda zachar. Woman has a baby, a boy. So I think two years ago we spoke about Tumas Leda. Why a woman is Tumas Leda. Where does that come from? So we spoke about Refersh. We spoke about other ideas. We're not going to do that tonight. The next Pasuk. And on the eighth day, 
bris mila, and then it goes through shloshim shloshas yamim, the thirty-three days of Tara. The Gemara already is bothered. What's mila doing here? We already know mila. By yom hashmini, so it's extra. By yom afilu b'shabbos. What exactly is is the message? So this is we've spoken in the past. Both lech lecha and tazria gives us a chance to say a few thoughts on mila. So let's say another one tonight. Question is as follows. Mila on day 8. Pidyon Haben on day 30. Why? Why don't we do Pidyon Haben on day 8? And if we don't think the person, the boy, the boy is going to live, so you should wait with Bris Mila also. Why is Bris Mila on day, day 8 while Pidyon Haben is on day 30? That's the question that the Makar Baruch asks in source number 3. Makar Baruch Shoel, Madua Mila hi biyom hashmini, Pidyon Haben biyom hashloshim. Answer number 1. Says the Makar Baruch Matirates. Sheviyoma Shmini Tinogyoti Michaskas Nefel. Already on day eight, if the baby boy is still alive, we could assume he's going to live. He doesn't have a full Cheskas Chayib, but there's a rove. There's a rove of the majority. Day eight, he's going to live. Midin rove Tinoka Sha'avu Shmoni Yomim Chayib. Most babies who live eight days are going to live. Ulamine no Chayib. There's a Miyat, there's a minority, Rachmat Alitzlan. But most, babe, most, babe, most baby boys that are alive on day 8, will continue to be alive. And that is why you can follow the rove, the majority, like you do in many areas of halacha. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs. So you follow the rove, and then you can give the baby a brisk meal on day 8. is a monetary issue. Yes, it's a mitzvah, but it's a monetary issue. The principle in halachi is you don't follow the, the rove when it comes to mamanis. Right? The Gemara says in Baba Basra, if I sold you an ox, and it was a wild, crazy ox, and you complain to me afterwards, and you say, well, I bought it because I wanted to use it to plow. And I said, well, I thought you were going to use it to shecht and to eat the meat. So even though it was wild, I'd have to tell you. So you tell me, but but the majority of oxen are used for plowing. And I say, tough luck. You don't follow the majority when it comes to monetary issues. So pidyon aben is a monetary issue. So and therefore, Answer number one, generally you follow the rove by mitzvahs, except by dini mamanis. That's why you have to wait after day 30. But there's a second answer as well. Second answer given by the Torah Tamima. Torah Tamima in source number four, in the context, the first half of his piece I gave you, it's not really our topic now, but the first half of the piece I gave you discusses why Mila on day eight based on what Chazal say. Chazal say that in the Gemara, Mila is on day eight because the first seven days the woman is Tamea and therefore the husband and the wife can't give each other a hug at the bris. So that's why on a Daraisa level, you wait till day 8. On day 8, the woman is Tahora. She's gone to the mikveh after 7 days. And therefore, everybody's happy. Everybody's besimcha. Says the Gemara in Mesechah's Nita. So the Torah team discusses, but that reason doesn't apply anymore. Nowadays, there's a much longer time. Because it's not just 7 days. So should we still do brismila on day 8? So the Vilna Gon says, he quotes, uh, even if the reason does not apply, the halacha still applies. Okay, that's the first half of what he discusses. Line 19, though, let's get into our issue. Vida. So that's the second reason why Mila is done on day eight, but not in contrast to Pidyon Aben. But Vida, the Harambah b'Morah Perak Memtes, the Rambam b'Morah Nevuchin gives a reason why Mila is on day eight. Kedei sheyizchazku kochos havlad. 
so that the Vlad becomes strengthened. The language of the Rambam. So the Vlad becomes strengthened. What does that mean? Vitamu alav shehishvatam shebegemara. Why does the Rambam come up with a new reason? The Gemara says day eight because the first seven days the Yoledis is Tamea, and the Rambam doesn't quote that reason. Because of Tam, Misvara Danafshi, he quotes his own Svara. Avo Be'emes Lahoti Dvar Melamilibo. Says the Torah to Mima, don't blame the Rambam. The Rambam's quoting a Medrash. Medrash Gemara? Okay, he'll pick the Medrash over the Gemara. After all, it's in Mara Nebuchim. He's not talking to Mishnah Torah. The Rambam has the right to quote a reason based on a Medrash. It's a Medrash. What did the Medrash say? Line 23. Medrash Rabba Reish Pashas Kiseitse. Vilama Hatino Bnimo Lishmona. Shanan, Hakadosh Nasan, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Rachimim Alav. Hashem had Rachmanus on the baby Kedeshe Yizchazku Kochosav. There's the washing of the Rambam. So his strengthen, his strength is strengthened. His koch is strengthened. Why did the Rambam pick the Medrash? Okay, maybe because what we said before, because there are other reasons. The Gemara's reason doesn't apply. Bismana said that's why the Rambam picks the, med- the uh, message of the med- the reason of the Medrash and not the reason of of the Gemara. But what's what's the pshat of the Medrash? What does it mean? Yischazku koch avlad. So wait till day thirty. Like Pidyon Aben. What do you mean Yischazku koch avlad? Aksarachin v'tamanit Medrash mihigbil gvul ches yamim lechizik kochas avlad v'halorak bebehema matzinu shir zayin yamim liyatziyim mechal nefel. By an animal, the halacha is you have to wait till it's eight days old to give it as a carbon. Umiyom hashvini v'halach yeratzel a carbon ishal Hashem uba'adam shloshim yom. So what do you mean Yischazku koch avlad on day eight? V'yalderek drash says the Torah tamima. Let me explain it on an agadic plane. Yeshlomar kadesh yavar yom hashabbos b'meshach shmona yamim. So a shabbos passes by. We're all strengthened if we've had a shabbos. Eighth day, the babies definitely had a shabbos. V'yapima shakasa ba'agadus shemiskulas hashabbos lachazi kochos haadam v'hateva is from the schoolers of shabbos to give strength to a person. The world was 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 um, falling apart. It wasn't set before Shabbos came. Shabbos came. So maybe that's what the Medrash means and the Rambam. Because you have to you have to give him you have to give him a Shabbos. But maybe there's a deeper understanding of this Rambam of this Medrash, and maybe even the Rambam is way ahead of his time, and maybe the Medrash, as we know, we don't need any rayas, the infinite wisdom of Chazal, or obviously, the divine wisdom of the Torah. But there's a fascinating medical study that you might have heard of. It's quoted here in the Tiva Parsha. I got it on a, found it on a website also. I'll read it to you. It's from a, I don't know what website this is. I, a close examination of the Bible, I'll read it to you, reveals startling proof of his inspiration. Sometimes that proof comes in the form of prophecy. Sometimes the proof comes in the form of scientific facts that were placed in the divine record thousands of years before they were known to the modern scientific mind. Example. In Genesis 17.12, God specifically directed Abraham to circumcise newborn males on the eighth day. Why on the eighth day? In 1935, Professor H. Dam proposed the name vitamin K for the factor in foods that help prevent hemorrhaging in baby chicks. We now know that vitamin K is responsible for the production of the element known as prothrombin. It's the, it's the element in the blood that helps the uh, clotting. Oddly, 
It is only on the fifth through the seventh day of the newborn male's life that vitamin K is present in adequate quantities. Vitamin K coupled with prothrombin causes blood coagulation, which is important in any surgical procedure. V'chulu, it continues, on the eighth day, the amount of prothrombin actually is elevated above 100% of normal and is the only day in the male's life in which this will be the case under normal conditions. If surgery is to be performed, day eight is the perfect day to do it. In other words, prothrombin. Sorry, my wife corrected me. Prothrombin. I don't know how I said it before, but uh, I, I am not the medical uh, professional in the family. The, um, the coagulating and the uh, clotting aspect of the blood, we'll just call it. Says the, says the medical science. Says the Tiva Parshan, source number five. The clotting power of a baby is weaker up until day eight. After day eight, it's normal. On day eight, it's above 100%. Yishaz kukohosav. What does the measure say? It's day eight. So it's strength. It has power. It has strength that day. Because that's the day in its lifetime that it has the most koach of clotting. V'choyom. You see what it says in the source number five. Line seven. Shekoveya shetino shenola biyomar rishon yeshlo shloshem achuz mechomer akrisha sheishlo adam ragil. V'choyom misvasiv lo oda sarachuz mechomer zeh. Ad shebiyom hashmini yeshlo mea veasor achuz. Day 9 and, and forward, 100%. Day 8 has 110%. Why Why Mila on day 8? Number 1, Yotze Mechal Nefel, according to the Rove. Okay, Pejina Ben is in Ochamamrach Harov, number 1. Number 2, Mishazi Kochosav, you need a Shabbos. Number 3, Mishazi Kochosav, because that's when we have the power of the clotting. Okay. Where science and Torah come together. Says Rashi. Paragud Vez, let's continue. A couple of extra psukim. We know that after a woman has a, has a child, Baruch Hashem, she has some in Karbanas. Uvim losi mei tahara loben olobas, pasik vav, after she has a, a boy or a girl, tavi kevetz ben shenasol ola, she brings a sheep for an ola, ben yonosol lachatas, and a bird for a chatas, and every woman who has a baby, has to keep a record. Those karbanas are owed. Somebody has five kids. Woman owes five sets of karbanas. That's what we. That's what um, the halach is. They owe the karbanas. A ger, a ger has to keep in mind. Nowadays, if we're machal shabbos b'shogeg, we're one of the slots, so we have to. We owe karbanas. We just can't bring them. It's not like Mashiach's coming. Okay, a new slate. If we remember that we owe karbanas, we have to bring them. So says the says the pasuk. After a woman has a baby, so, after, so he has to bring an ola and a chatas. Chazal point out, and somewhat unusual, because usually when you bring an ola and a chatas, the order is switched. The Gemara says in Zvachim Tavzayin, that whenever you bring a chatas and an ola, a chatas is always brought first. A chatas is kind of the sur ra, it gets rid of the averis, and the ola is the present, what the Gemara calls the doron. So you want to wipe the slate clean before you give the present. Right, to apologize first, I'm sorry, I can't believe I did this. And then you give the present. So the chatas wipes the slate clean, and then the ola is the doron. So usually the order is chatas before ola. And yet here in the Pasik, Pasik says, Tavi kevetz ben shenoso la ola, uven yonoso la chatas. You bring an ola, then you bring a chatas. So says the Gemara in Zvachim on Tzadik, it's Rashi, Rashi quotes it right here. Don't take the Pasik so literally. Really the chatas is brought before the ola too. Even by a yoletis. Rashi says, In other 
Now the Pasik, it says Ola before Chathos, but that's only that in the Pasik you read Ola before Chathos. But in reality, Chathos is brought before the Ola. You just read the Pasik Ola before Chathos. And the world is Rashi talking about. Of course you read it. That's the Pasik. What's the purpose? You bring a Chathos before the Ola. So what does Rashi say? Oh, it says Ola before Chathos because in the Pasik you have to read it Ola before Chathos. You read it Ola before Chathos because that's what the Pasik says. What's Chazal trying to tell us? What's the message of Lemikra'a? For Mikra'a, you read uh, Ola before Chathos, even though it's not reality. So two ideas. Another two ideas related to this problem. Once we open up in the Torah Tamima, we're going to continue with our second Torah Tamima of the evening. Baruch HaLevi Epstein. Same idea. We're not going to read it because it's repeated and also it's tiny print in source number seven. Cheshach Shlomo or Shlomo Mivilna in the back of the Gemara Menachas on the, on the back of Zvach and Dafsadik says the same exact idea. So if you want to look it up, feel free, but we're going to read it from the Torah Tamima. What does it mean that always before Chathos for Mikra'a? Line three. Nero Lefarish Api Mashakasa Bimegillah. The Gemara says in Mesechus Megillah on Daflamadal. Amar Kadesh Baruchu, Kvark Tikanti Seder Karbanis. Hashem says, I have said for you, Hashem talking to Avram by Brisbane Abbasarim, Karbanis. Remember the Gemara, Avram Avinu is complaining, Hashem, how do I know, how do I know that the Jewish people will always have the connection with you? So Hashem says, Karbanis. Avram says, but there's not always going to be a base Amigdash. So Hashem says, don't worry, they'll say Karbanis. Saying Karbanis is like bringing Karbanis. That's what the Gemara says. When they say it in front of me, If they say it, it's as if they brought it. That's what's meant here, says the Torah to you. We know what Mikra means in a time period in history when all we have is Mikra'a. All we have is the ability to read about it. We don't have the ability to bring it. When we have a base on Migdash, Chathos goes before Ola. But when we don't have a base on Migdash, Bizman Azer, then Ola is before Chathos. We don't know why yet. We'll talk about that in a second. But what is the Mikra? In a time period of Mikra. When there's no Migdash, you got to read the Ola first before the Chathos. Why? Tamadover. Beautiful pshat, but what's the reason? Why would you switch it? Just because you're, it, you would think that if, if you're reading it, it's as if you're bringing it, so read it the same way that you would bring it. No, says the Torah Tamima, Nira Apia, Machakasavam Afarshim. De'ain Ha'esek, I think he, they probably, he and the Torah Tamima probably overlapped. So I don't know Afarshim, if he's talking about Rishlom and Mivilna, but um, he says, De'ain Ha'esek, Bidivrei Torah, Binyin Karbanas, Shavim Mamash, Lakravis Karbanas. It's not the exact same saying and bringing karbanis. There's a slight difference. What does it mean? What he's about to say is that saying Ola is exactly like bringing Ola. Because all there is by Ola is being burned on the Mizbeach, accepted by Hashem. Hashem could say it's as if. You say it's as if. In Ola, we could do perfectly Bizman Hazeh because it's totally brought to them as Bayach. All other Karbanas, Chatas included, part of it, part of the Kapara is achieved through the Kohanim eating the meat of the Karbanas. 
that is not done bismanazeh. I can't read and it's as if it's done. That's why Chathos takes second seat, second stage. The Gemara says, The Kohanim eat, and part of their eating brings kapara for the violin. Full kapara, full atonement is achieved only when you burn the part that's supposed to be burned, and the Kohanim eat what they're supposed to eat. Could say my part, it's as if you brought it. But what about the Cone family down the block? I didn't get lunch from you today. They're, they can't say it's as if. They want their, their steak. What do you mean? They can't say it's as if. Could say it's as if. But that's why we can't do a chatos perfectly today. We could do the best we can. But we can't do a chatos perfectly. Ola, we can do perfectly. Says the Torah, Ola, before Achatos, because there's going to be many times in history when all we're going to have is Mikra'ah. We're not going to have Hakrafa. Ula Fizeh, line 19. Ola, Kula, Kalil. There's no eating by the Kohanim. When it comes to an Ola, an Amira could be perfectly in place of the Akrava. That's the difference. And he even says, this could explain a very problematic Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch discusses, we mentioned this in Parshas Vayikra a few weeks ago, in Simon Aleph, he talks about we're supposed to say Karbanas in the morning. But the order that the Shulchan Aruch says, he has Ola before Chathos in the Shulchan Aruch. He's supposed to say Ola before Chathos. He's supposed to say Ola before Chathos. Yeah, Le Mikra, in the Bismana Shulchan Aruch. Because Ola is before Chathos when it comes to Mikra, when it comes to a time Bisman Hasset. Okay, the same thing is said by the Cheshach Shlomo, but that is all approach number one. What does Rashi mean? What does Chazal mean? That Ola before Chathos for Mikra'a, but Lamaisa you bring Chathos, that's number one. And now there's a second idea. This idea, unbelievable insights by the Sefer Menachem Sion. The Menachem Sion is written by Menachem Sion Sachs, who is the son-in-law of Rav C. Pesach Frank. The son-in-law of C. Pesach Frank has a safe two volumes, Menachem Sion al Torah. So in the Menachem Sion on this parsha right here, he says the following idea, which is something that as a parent, each of us have to think about for the rest of our lives, every day of our lives, as we try to be mechanech our children properly. And in terms of the attitude and the hashkafa, what we're supposed to have. Says the Menachem Sion, line five. The Yesh Levi. You know what's hidden here in the middle of Tazria? He doesn't emphasize this, but maybe Dafke and Carbon Yoledes. It's hidden here, the secret of parenting. One of the secrets of parenting. Because in life, there are two ideas that we have to distinguish between. Sheifa. Teshuka, one is aspirations and dreams and goals. Sheifos. And on the other hand, Mitzius, reality. Hakshama, what we see in front of us. Tachlis, what happens? There's our dreams and our goals and our hopes 
and there's Lamaisa, what happens? Our dreams are always and always need to be very, very high and lofty above reality. If we want an unbelievable reality, we have to think about a super duper goals and dreams. Because no human being ever accomplishes everything he dreams about. So we have to shoot for the stars and then hopefully we'll get halfway to space. If the reality doesn't exactly fit our dreams totally, but there's still, there's still a great reality that was achieved. But if we only shoot for something very low, if we shoot for mediocrity, then we're, we're going to gain, we're going to uh, uh, grasp inferiority. But we have to shoot for the stars. So in every area of life, he's going to relate it to parenting. But in every area of life, we have to shoot for beyond. Right? We have to shoot man's grasp. You know the phrase? The, uh, we have to shoot for what's beyond our grasp. And then we'll get, we'll accomplish a lot, if it's not what we want, everything we wanted to. Lifnim, kasher, nodu, yoladim, lahorim. And he didn't live so long ago. Right? It was the son of the Lord, Pesach. See Pesach, one of the dolim in the, the early part of the 20th century. In previous Doros, says the Menachem Sion, when children were born, parents, all of us had tremendous high hopes to give them the best chinuch, the best education. He's going to be the God of Adar. She's going to be the Baal Chesed par excellence. They're going to be unbelievable. She's going to be Baal Chesed. Memela. Even if they didn't become the Gdoli Ador, but they became unbelievable. B'nai and B'nos Yisrael. Because look at what the goals were of the parents. Nisharu l'chol ha'pachos, tamidich hachamim v'yireim. Hayom, says B'nachem, see in today, Rachman al-Islam, we look around. She'ifas ahorim, shukasim miskavsa. The expectations, the goals, the... The standards that we set for our children sometimes is mediocrity. Okay, you do this, good, I'm happy. Obviously, we have to be happy with every little step that our child takes. He knows he's Jewish, he goes, he does, he's Yotze. If we don't shoot for way up, then the reality is even less. In an extreme case, if we don't shoot for a tremendous high, obviously living in reality, but shooting and hoping and davening for the stars, that's what we have to do. How does this relate to us? Kasher Yelad no lad be Yisrael now lad twenty tachlis. 
when a baby is born. We're about, when a child is born, a parent, a father, a mother is about to bring a sacrifice. We're about to be makrif our wife for our children. How will we makrif our, our wife for the children? Our kavanis are carbonolis. That's our kavana, kula lashen. This child is going to be a perfect evad Hashem. This child is going to be someone who, Ezra Hashem, will do every action, every thought, every everything. Ola, kulo kaliel Hashem. And that's what we shoot for. We shoot for the Ola. I don't think he mentions it, but one can suggest also the Midrashim talk about what's the first thing that in the olden days children were taught, little boys were brought to Cheder. What did they learn the first thing? Vayikra. Vayikra was the first thing they were taught. What's the first parsha in Vayikra? Paragalos, carbon Ola. That's 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 the the, the shifa. That's the aspiration. Idus shebeidus. Idus. Like we mentioned many times, not recently. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says that why is it the Shulchan Aruch says that a baby should not nurse from a non-Jewish mother? Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't nurse from an Egyptian woman. One second, says Rabbi Yaakov. Chazal say, you know why Moshe didn't nurse from an Egyptian woman? Because Asil Adaber Mashchina. He was going to talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu Sinai. That doesn't apply to anybody else. Why is that quoted in Shulchan Aruch? Says Rabbi Yaakov, because every one of our children is a potential Moshe Rabbeinu. Every one of our children has to be looked at as the next Godot the door, the next, the next, the next unbelievable man and woman who's going to change the, the destiny of the Jewish people. That's what we have to, have to look at. It's an Ola. This is an Ola in front of me. If my, if my son, my daughter, it's not Rav Moshe Feinstein. And they're not meant to be. They fulfill their potential, but they're not Rav Moshe. They're not Kulo Khalil. That's not an Ola. At least my, my child, my life for my child will be a Chatos. Chatos is Chatzil Hashem. It's all, it's all Kadosh. Okay, it's not Kulo Khalil. But it'll be a Chatos. The reality will be, it'll be close. It'll have those values. Carbon Chatos. I mean the Benonis. Kodem Carbon Ola. So the mikra'a, the mikra'a, what we call, what we call out our sign in our life, the goal in our life for us is we bring those karbanis, we live our lives as karbanis for our children, for ourselves, is ola. That's our title. That's our mo- That's our goal. Even the lamaisa, it's chatos. Lamaisa, and he continues and says, it could be that even as parenting, you know, we, we all make mistakes sometimes. All is the goal. Chatos. Sometimes we make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. But the goal is the Ola. Sometimes Lamaisa, the Chatos, comes. But that's the eight. Ola is the Mikra. Ola is the goal. Ola is the title. That's a take home. Menachem Zion. On a more conceptual level, a similar idea is said by Rav Dessler. Talking about the same Gemara, source number, source number nine, Baruch Hashem, I had today. Today we had a tutorial. We went to Bnei Brak in the yeshiva, so I was in the in the Beis Hakfaris in uh, in Bnei Brak today. So I was at Rav Dessler's kever. Dessler was there. Rav Dessler, after he was in England most of his life, towards the end of his life, he went to Panovich. He was a mashkiach in Panovich. So there's a whole area of the, the Panovich uh, Russian yeshivas, the Panovich Rebbe, Rav Chaska Levinstein, the Rav Chaim Friedlander, the Sifse Chaim. They're all in one section. On the other side, the Chazonish and the Stipler, and two two rows down is Rav Dessler is right there. Rav Dessler. 
Sedge of Desplor at source number nine. It's the same basic idea that the Minachim Tzion just said, but not about parenting, just about life in general. Rezessel is going to tell us there's always the goal that we have to have in mind and not to get caught up, not to lose sight of the forest because of the trees. Ulam, line three. Even if I'm at a certain level in life, I have to know what I'm shooting for. I'm on a ladder. I'm on the third rung. But I have to look at the tenth rung. I have to go up step by step. But I have to know what I'm shooting for. And when I'm on that level, I'll live a different life. My value system will be different. I have difficulty right now, but as I gain levels, things will become second nature to me. If I think this is it, this is what I'm up to, and I'll get to the next level, then I'll think about the next level. No. We have to constantly be thinking, where else, where can I grow? Where's the next level to grow? At every stage of our life. Growth is not just for youth. Growth is in every year and every decade of our life. If I know at a certain level there's no hope or there's no cure, but maybe on that level there will be a cure. To go to the next. We always have to be thinking. Of the of the future and the next level, and then he quotes on the next page, the top source ten. He quotes our Rashi, and he says, "What does Rashi mean? What does the Gemara mean in Zvachim?" And he says the same idea. Mikra means the goal, the goal. Line six. Yes, you have to go step by step. Chata symbolizing. First, you have to fix. Avchatas is fixing. Little by little, that's what Chata symbolizes. But the Ola, which is the perfect carbon, which is just brought as a present to get close to Hashem, that is the goal that we have. That's the goal that we have to have. And just in the last paragraph, he summarizes, Yes, we have to serve Hashem based on where we are. Yes, you, have to, you can only go step by step. You also lick votes. We're not allowed to skip steps. We have to do what's appropriate for us. But we always have to remember. We have to think of the high levels to realize what it would be like to daven with Kavana the entire time. What it would be like to have a, a Shabbos meal that's a Shabbos meal that we can be proud of. This can't be my goal. i got to shoot for the stars. In my own life, says Rav Dessler, and in my children's lives, says the Menachem Sion. Okay. Come down a little bit. Let's get now into Tsaras. Talking about Tsaras. Again, we don't have Saras the way that we fulfill these mitzvahs is by talking about it. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Adam, a man, and he has Saras, and he goes to Aaron a Kohen, or one of the Kohen. The question that we've dealt with the past years, we'll deal with it again right now with a different answer. Why the word Adam? 
Adam is always a lashon of chashivus. Right? Adam. Adam is special. Adam. Adam Arishon. Adam is always a lashon of chashivus. So why Adam here? So last year, I think it was, we quoted with Nissan Alpert. Adam, right, right, the question is, this is a Baal and Hari, he got Saras, why is he so chashev? So Nissan Alpert said, he's chashev because he's going to get help. That's what makes him an Adam. That we mentioned in the past. But another idea from the Apirion, the Apirion is the author of the Kitzur Shulchan Arach, or Shlomo Gansfried, in his commentary on Chumash. He quotes this question from the Al Shekhakadish. Why Adam? V'nir lafiyani es daiti, line 6. Ki yadua sha'anagam ba'olashin hara, as we know, nagam kamperlashin hara. V'hikshu, and the question is asked, harigam bu'umos ha'olam yish ba'ale lashin hara, ve'enilkin b'nagam. Why don't non-Jews get saras? There are plenty of non-Jews that speak lashin hara. But even bizman, saras came upon Jews. Non-Jews didn't get lashin, didn't get saras. And they also speak lashin hara. The The unity factor is different. Klal Yisrael are united. And if we are really one nefesh, one am, Lashon Hara rips us apart. That's the problem. By other nations, they're not one. So they speak Lashonar, okay. They're Mufrat anyway. They're separated anyway. They're not, they're not united. So what are they? They're more Machlokas. They're already Muchlak. Masha'enkin Yisrael. Asher nishmoseinu chilek elokam imal chatsubos bimakam echad. All the Shamas come from one source. And we dive in. Oseh Shalom b'mrava v'yatsa Shalom aleinu. Kodesh Baruch Hu help us. We have Shalom in Olam Hazeh. But we all come from one source. V'achiyav banu ha'ava v'ashalom. That's mechayiv us to be more together. And to guard that achdos. Hein le'in ki ima Torah. Hein le'in yishar d'ron. Kenodim afersam. Many halachis. That we have to keep together. And that's what it says in line 21. Atem kriyim adam ino. Umos olam kriyim adam. That's why it starts off with adam. Jews are called Adam, says the Gemara Nyavamis. Why? Mishum d'shem ish ve'enosh ba'im beribui. The word ish could be singular or plural. Ish is singular, anashim is plural. Ish, ish or ishim. Sorry, ish or ishim. And enosh and anashim. There's no plural for Adam. How do you say man, men, many Adams? There's no word. Because Adam symbolizes the ultimate in oneness. The ultimate in Achtus. That's the message we're giving. The Torah is giving us. There's no plural. There's no Russians Rabim. And that's what it means. Even though the context is Tumah, but that's the Drasha. And that's what the message is by Tzaras. You're an Adam. You're talking Lashon Hara. Lachenim Yidaver Lashon Hara. V'yigram Pirda Machlokes. Yibaris V'saro. Adam, because you're an Adam, that's why this happened to you. Because you're a member of Klal Yisrael. Because you're supposed to have Achdus and only talk positively of your friends. Right? V'yira Kalachav Malas Chavirenu, says Rabbi Melech. Fatakana Lazes. So what do you have to do? You have to go to Aaron Akoni. Aaron Cohen, there's nobody that's more symbolic 
of the Oif Shalom and the Rodif Shalom of the Achta. She midas Hashem Kanoda, Lul Mon Bidrachov, Yechaper Alav. That's why maybe the Torah even says, doesn't say just go to the Kohanim. It says go to Aaron or his sons because it's the Aaron part of every Kohen that we have to go to. Adam ki yebar. There's no plural by Adam. That's why it says Adam ki yebar b'saro. That's the message of Saras that this person, this person needs to hear. It's similar, I didn't give it to you, but if you look back at the Rashi and Parshas Vayigash, already says it beferish. Rashi says there, what does it say when they went down to Mitzrayim? Shivim nefesh. 70, not nefashos. Nefesh. Rashi says 70. By Esav, it says nefashos. There are only six. But by B'nai Yisrael, it says 70 nefesh, because we're one nefesh. One nefesh. That's the root of all we are. Okay, a couple more points related to the Parsha. Actually, one more point, which splits into two. And then we'll have a thought on Parsha Zachodesh. Yud Gimel, Yud Gimel, Gimel. Next, next Pasuk. The Kohen sees the Nega. The Seir of Nega Hafach Lavan, it turned, the hair turned white. Umare Hanega Amokme Arbisaro, and the Nega looks deeper, whatever that means, Chazal are not sure. Nega Tsarasu, it's Nega Tsarasu. Vuroa Kohen, the Kohen sees it, Vatimioso, and the Kohen is Matamayit. The question is asked, why are there two Lashonos of Re'ia in this Pasik? The Kohen sees the Nega, and the, the Pasik describes it. And the Kohen sees the Nega and is Batamiyat. Two scenes. Vira'ah HaKohen and Vira'ahu HaKohen. What's two scenes? So one answer might be, like Rashi's, what Rashi says at the beginning of Parshas Vayera. The first Pasuk of Vayera has the term Vayar. Second Pasuk of Vayera, Vayar two times. Vayar Avram Avinu sees the Malachim twice. And Rashi quotes, the first Vayar is he saw, the second Vayar is he understood their needs. So it could be the Vayar of Havana. He understands that it is a tzaraah spot. That's one idea. Meshachachma, though, has another idea. It says the Meshachachma in source number 12. Hakfelus mevu'ar. The double um, language is clear. Bayan Torah's koanim. V'yitachin al-derech razal. It's possible what Chazal tell us. Shahakavana sheyira es hanega im latama. Number one is he has to see if it's a tzaraah nega. Number two... Is this person appropriate to be metame? What does that mean? Sheyish basim and tumasirolava. That's number one. Virao hakohen sheyira hakohen al haish imraui lutamaso. If he's roy, why? Imchatan nostin lo chashavasimay mishta. A kohen doesn't declare a chasan during sheva brachas to be a mitzora. V'chein beregler. If it's yantif, nostin lo kolim as a regel shalo arvi simchasan. That's not lacha. Even if somebody has saras, it's not declared saras on Yantif or during Sheva Brachis. Why? Because the ways of the Torah are sweet. What are the two Re'iyas? He sees if it's an Egat Saras, number one. Number two, he sees if it's appropriate to declare him a Mitzorah. Right, that is a, a classic Meshachachma seeing a Halacha that's Mephorish in Torah Shebaal Peh, but he puts it into Torah Shebaal Chzav. Chazav did not put this into Torah Shebaal Chzav. The Meshachachma put this into Torah Shebaal Chzav. What message can we take from the Meshachachma? So two ideas. One I think we've touched on in the past and one other new one. One idea we've touched on in the past is the Meshachachma here says, why do we not, why are we not metame a person during, during Yesheva Brachas? Why? We're not metame during Yantif. Turachah Darchei 
The ways of the Torah are sweet. Both Chazal and Rishonim use this term for the basis of halachas. One example, Gemara in Sukkot Lafamid Beis, the Gemara is trying to figure out what is a hadas. It says, Anaf eats avos. What is that? Tanur Abana, Anaf eats avos. Sha'anafav chofinis eats so, that its, its leaves cover its, its, uh, its uh, stem. Maybe it's from an olive tree. You need avos. You need the, the leaves covering each other. Different type of uh, branch. Another type of, of branch. Maybe, maybe the anafes avos means a hirdof, which has thorns on it. Maybe that's what the Torah means. Says Abaya, it can't be that's what the Torah means. Why? It can't be the Torah wants you to shake a, a, a thorn bush. Can't be. To use that to interpret a halacha, Abaya uses that. And there are other examples. There's a Tosas and Lafez and Yavamis, which I didn't give you. But I gave you another example in the Radvaz. I think we might have touched on this in the past. The Radvaz in source number 14 has a Tragic but fascinating question. I don't know if it really took place, but the questioner to the Radvaz 500 years ago asked as follows. An Anas comes over to a Jew and says, let me cut off one of your limbs, which will not be life-threatening, or I'm going to kill your friend. Do you have to give one of your limbs to be cut off in order to save your friend? That's the Shiloh. It relates to the issue of putting yourself into a suffix sakana to save your friend from a vade sakana. Right? The issue of giving a kidney. Right? It's a several the machlokas, badly rishalmi. We generally paskin rishus, not a chiyuv. Yesh omrim. Some say says the Radvaz. Shachayav v'haniach l'katit sa'ever. Hol ve'ino meis. Hey, you have to. You're not going to die from it. You have to save your friends. L'osamal damriyecha. Says the Radvaz. I don't agree. You have to. Last line. Zumidus chasidus. It's a pie if you want to do it. Avaladin yeshuva. But you can't. You can't say that it's mechuyev. Why? Number one. Malas sakanis ever. De Shabbos. To allow yourself, that might that might not be a regular case of of ones. Who says it's not Maybe a person will die from it. Cutting off a limb, any surgery is dangerous. Paraphrasing the Gemara. Who says your friend's blood, uh, blood is redder? I witness, says the Radvaz, when somebody got a cut on their ear and they died. And there's no aver that is lighter and more able to cut and not be life-threatening than an ear. So who says it's not going to be life-threatening? And then it continues with a couple of other ayahs, but just for a sake of time, go to line 19. Visu dechsiv derachecha darchenoam. Vitzarach shemishpateta rasenu yu maskimen ala sechel. Vahasvara. Derachecha darchenoam. Torah's got to be logical to an extent. 
Does that make sense that a person would have to do that? We would be of a person to become blind to save his friends? If he wants to, of course, midas chasidus. But it can't be a chiv. So this is the concept that the Meshachachma uses to explain the halach in our parsha. He himself uses this. We've definitely touched on in the past in Surah 16. I just gave it to you again. Why he explains why women are not mitzvah in childbirth. Because the Torah cannot command a painful mitzvah. Bris milah notwithstanding, as, a, as, an, uh, as an exception. But there can't be a painful mitzvah. Men have the chiv of Puruvu. Women don't have the chiv of Puruvu. And that's why God couldn't command women the mitzvah of having children of Puruvu. Because of Durachea Darchei One idea from that halacha of the Meshachachma about not looking at the at the Nagaim during Sheva Brachis or on Yantif. A second idea and message is uh, Rabbi Friend has in the second volume that he has on Parsha. Where in Surah 17, Rabbi Friend says, while we cannot apply the halachas of the Gaim to, to daily life, nowadays we can learn a valuable lesson. It's all about timing. That's what we can learn. He has saras. You don't have to tell him right now. It's Yantif. Right? It's, it's Sheva Brachas. The Halacha teaches us that even if there's something to say, maybe it's not the best time to say it. A fellow was once vying for the position of a rabbi in a certain city. He sent the son to send a letter of recommendation for Rav Moser. He puts a story. Somebody came to Rav Moser for a, for a uh, haskama for his father. And Rav Moser didn't want to do it. He didn't want to give him haskama. And after a while, the, 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 the person who came started screaming. Moser was the Godel Ador, the Posik Ador in Vilna. He started screaming at Rav Moser. Screaming at him at the Godel Ador. Rav Moser didn't say a word. He walked out. Talmud said, how can you walk out? He was screaming at you. Rav Moser said, he can't listen to me right now. He, he, he's trying to do something for his father. I was po- he feels like I was poking at him. I'll wait till he comes down, then I'll talk to him. I it's just It's worthless right now. His, he, has, he has what we call in our family brain freeze. It's, it's just not going to work. You can say whatever you want, but it's not going to go in. It doesn't matter. Of course he has to be spoken to, says Rechaim Moser. But as it, it says on the bottom, had I reprimanded him at that point, he would have been too irate to listen to my rebuke. We occasionally see people doing something wrong. Sometimes we see something doing something, somebody doing something very wrong. Let us take extreme examples. Says Rabbi Friend, in our times, we unfortunately see children who have abandoned Yiddishkeit in our Mechal Shabbos. Our first reaction is to rebuke the person, like a Kohen who sees a nega on Yantif. The Torah teaches us to re-examine the situation. Is he ready to listen? Can he accept the rebuke? Perhaps he's, he can't. Again, it's a tricky situation. But whenever Tochachal comes up, whether it's to somebody we see on the street, whether it's to our own children, whether it's to a friend of ours, whether it's to a co-worker, whether it's to a neighbor, whether it's to somebody in shul. We always have to remember that Cohen did not say this guy was a mitzorah during Shavu Brachas or on Yantif. As the Mishnah says in Perkyavos in Source 19, Do not try to be maratza and tell your friend to calm down when he's getting angry. Before the Kfura, we're not supposed to be, there's no Nicham Avelim before Kfura. It's only afterwards, because right now there can't be, can't be any Nicham. As, as uh, Irving Bunim, in his beautiful commentary on Perkeavos, writes on the right side, when a loved one has just been taken from us, he stands distraught and disconsolate at the loss. 
if you will, of part of himself. Grief pours from him, almost like blood from an open wound. His hurt is then raw, no matter what words you use. You're worse than his grief. It's necessary outpouring a therapeutic catharsis. You must wait and let time do its patient healing. Merely bear in mind the folk saying, Mashiyasa azman, boyasa seichel. All you could give him is a sympathetic silence. Your presence can convey a warmth of concern and empathy. That's why Halacha says, even by Nicham Avelim, the guest, the, the Menachim, is not allowed to talk until the Avel starts. Because Chazal knows this. Because what could we say really at a Shiva house? Once we could reply, but we can't start a conversation. That's what Halacha says. Halacha is guiding us. Because, we could do Nicham there, but only when we are, when we are invited to do the Nicham. So that's the second message that we learned from this halacha of not declaring the ga'im on, on Yantif. One final point for the evening related to Parshas HaChodesh. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is coming up. Parshas HaChodesh, the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Says the Orgadalia, Orgadalia Shore, Source 20, HaChodesh HaZalachem Rosh Chadashim. What's the message of Parshas HaChodesh? We're just going to pick and choose parts of these and feel free to read it afterwards all yourself. Says the Orgadalia. Parshas HaChodesh is, of course, the beginning of the Jewish calendar, and we believe and we count by the lunar calendar. Why? Chidesh Alavana, second paragraph, Mora al Koachais Chachus Bibnei Yisrael. We count by the Levana because that symbolizes the national Jewish people and each and every Jewish person. There's waxing and waning. There's not. There's nothing constant. It's not like the sun, which stays the same. We are constantly moving. Like we say by Kiddush Lavanda, nationally, we're going to be Mishadish again. When David comes, when we were given this mitzvah, this was the first mitzvah we were giving nationally, we were given this koach of his chachus, of renewal, of starting again, of starting afresh. That's what, that we were given that. What's a riot? But they're all connected to nature. Chag Asif, Chag HaKatsir, Chag Aviv. Why? Says the Maharal, or Yaakov Kamenetsky, also expands upon this. Hashem is giving us a little insight into what's happening in the Olamas HaElyonim. Says the Orgadali, I'll just say it outside. When we see blossoming in this world, that means there's Koach HaEschatshus in the spiritual world as well. Whatever we see in nature, that's what's what happens in spirituality. When we see a winter, you know what a winter means? In Chorevzman, we talk about it in the yeshiva. Chorevzman. What's Chorevzman? It's the long zman. And what happens in the winter? You don't see anything growing. It's cold. It's like hibernation. But you know what's happening? Underground, the plants are renewing themselves so that in the spring it can sprout forth and say, wow, how did it grow so high? That's what happens in the long winter zman. Of learning. The long winter's mind, even if we're not in yeshiva, the long winter's mind, the long time from Sukkot to Pesach, we have a Hanukkah in the middle and a Purim in the middle, but the long time period, we don't realize that we're growing. But there's a lot of growth there, which we don't even see, realize. But that's, that's the message of nature mirroring and reflecting what's going on in the, in the Ola Amasal Yodim in the spiritual realm as well. Says the Argadalia, that's Pesach. Pesach time, springtime. There's a special koach of renewal that we can take advantage of. That's achodesh hazelachem. That's Nisan. Rishon lachem achachiyashana. 
Because Machokes, Betishri Nivra Olam, Benisa Nivra Olam. So Benisa was Nivra at least partially. Tishrei also, but at least partially on Nisan, because there's, there's a koach of renewal. And that's what we have to think about as we stand here six months away in either direction from Rosh Hashanah. We have to realize that there's a koach out there of Hishachos. And until, he sends off with this, until we went out of Mitzrayim, we didn't have this mitzvah, but it was in nature. You know you know it was in nature? Vayakam melech chadash al Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim had the koach of Hishachos. It was in the air, but we didn't get it yet. Until we left Mitzrayim. And then Achodesh Azalachem Rosh Chadashim, we were Menatzel Vizman, we, we capitalized on it. And we took it and we ran with it. And that's what we have to do in every generation as we come to Rosh Chodesh Nisan. We have to say we could, we could do the new things. We could have new Rosh Hashanah and Pesach resolutions. We want to do this, we want to do that. We could do more. We ought to just make sure we realize it's in the, it's the potential is here. We just have to capitalize it. Everybody should have a good Chodesh. And that's show we will continue next week um, with Pashas Mitzvah.